This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santopatre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal obsessions with our special guest, Gary Girani. Hello there. Hey, I'm going to stop you guys. Why don't we do, hey, Frank, why don't we have Gilbert do like a fun horror movie intro for this yeah. one? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do like a, like a, like a Karloff voice or Maria oh, Uspenskaya <laughs> to introduce the episode? Because this is our Halloween show. Do the same oh, thing. Okay. Okay, here we go. Even a man who is pure at heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. This is part two of Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions. Lovely. Wow. <laughs> that, wow. Was all, that was exactly what I had in mind. Fantastic. Nice job. <laughs> nice job, Maria. We're doing now, part two now, here with Maria, Gary Girani. Maria Uspenskaya, when she did The Wolfman, probably thought of it as like doing porn. <laughs> It's like this is like this grand well, lady of the stage, actress. right? Yeah, right. Stage yeah she, well, she was there with the Stanislavski. Method. Well, you got to look at it this way. There she was with her old, you know, buddy Claude Rains, and you know they did a couple other movies together, including um, what's the uh, movie where Ronald Reagan loses his legs? Oh, uh, oh, the, the uh, King's uh, Row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both in that. So, so uh, you know, you could make horror movies and still do your important films if you were. Good enough, and they were brilliant. And she was in that movie where Edward G. Robinson, uh, I think he discovers he's the one who finds the Doctor Ehrlich's magic. Ball. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, and you'll see her. Uh, the rains came. She's she's the old lady there. Yeah, the, career. The, the rains of Rancho Port. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was very respected. She was an acting teacher too. I think she. I think she was a. I think young <laughs> actors. She she took a lot of young actors. By the way, I'm going to reintroduce you. Oh, okay. Because Gilbert got lost in his Maria. <laughs> <laughs> As well, he should. Gary, yes. author and and pop culture expert and ca- trading card king Gary Girani is back with and, us. And one time, I heard from Chico's daughter. I I had spoken to, and and she was taking lessons from Maria Spinskaya. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, there you go. And, I'm trying to trying to handle. He that. was probably even, trying to nail her. Even uh, yeah, and it's like, oh god, Chico. Asked her out to dinner, and it was Chico and Maria Spinskaya having dinner. I can't believe what that. Why this Maxine wasn't told filmed. you this? Yes. Wow. Yes. The That's brain cells boggle so at that one. I bizarre. have to say. <laughs> G- G- Gary. Yes. We talked in the last episode. Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. <laughs> we talked in the last episode about Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, and the Invisible Man, and mm-hmm. we went all over the place. But we're trying to do these in chronological okay. order. No problem. And everybody who listens to this show knows that Gilbert loves Universal Monster Talk. Lon Chaney Jr., especially. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to him. Yes. Oh, yeah. But since we're going in order, and we left off with the Invisible Man in 33, let's talk once again about a movie we love to talk about on this show, and that is the very weird and very kinky Black Cat. Yeah. Yeah, which may be the strangest movie to ever come out of Hollywood. It, it's like, arguably the more you watch it, the less you understand. <laughs> it. Yeah, 
it That's makes a great description of it. Makes less and less sense, and it's every more and time. more satisfying. Yes, That's what it's just yes. wonderful. Just wonderful. Usually, <laughs> usually when a movie when something doesn't make sense, I get annoyed. With the black cat, nothing makes sense, and it just makes it better. <laughs> Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And and that's interesting because that's a universal horror movie uh, that really doesn't have a monster. No, no in monster. It. Yeah. yeah, and yet it's just as well loved and well appreciated as the other classics because it is so well done. Karloff has an incredible part. You in put that. it in the book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's a great movie. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I love the fact that his. Castle is this high tech, brilliantly designed place. It's art it's so, deco. Yes. The, yes. And then there's a digital clock <laughs> in the movie. He's, a, he's obsessed is, with the digital clock. Yes. Bringing I know, it up. Because so, every other film back then was like in a castle right, right. or something. And now you see this like really. Fancy house. You know what that reminds yeah. me of? Um, um, Frank Capra's Lost Horizon. Yeah. When they get to Shangri-La, yeah. it's not an old-looking thing. Yeah. It's a modern-looking thing. a beautiful-looking looking movie. Yeah. It's a shame that, re- that like, they lost a half a reel or, or, or... What happened on that movie is they've lost the original negative. Uh. So all, through all the decades now, they've been trying to restore it. It keeps looking better when, over the when years. When you see but, it now in theaters, in revivals, you see it with stills. Or even, oh, even uh, when, the sections when, when that were, up, that were cut. That's a beautiful yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Okay, Black film. Cat, the first of the Karloff Lugosi team ups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Universal. I don't know this, but they I mean they must have been falling all over themselves to try to put the two of these guys in a in a movie <laughs> together. Obviously, yeah. they were the, the the two big stars, very loosely, if at all, based on the Poe story. Like, oh, nothing, yeah, that's right. As if uh, no real and, connection and, to it. And when they do hit upon it. A black cat shows up, <laughs> he gets scared, and it's never touched on two again. references, that, I think. Right, they they right. have to justify right. the title. Exactly. With that well, Legosi exactly. throws the scissors <laughs> at the, uh, at the, off, the That's a great moment, black too. Cat. Uh, you, you listed in the book, you, you describe it in the book as a loopy, tongue-in-cheek <laughs> tale of revenge, perverted love, and devil worship. Yeah, that, that, that sums, that sums it, up. it up. There's necrophilia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, human There's, sacrifice. Uh, right, it's, it's Legosi's daughter. That, yeah, 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 right, right. Well, it's pre-code. Exactly. So they were able to get away with this stuff. We'll play a little game, a game of death, if you'd like. I got a good one (laughs) Very good. And he accentuates that lisp. In, 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 you know, they're playing that game, that little chess game, right? And then finally, checkmate, right? That key moment. But the studio didn't realize, they, they thought for a second... A lot of people may not know that checkmate means he wins. So a voice is dubbed in saying, you lose, Vitas. Is it Elmer's voice? It's just a voice. I don't know who's I think it's Elmer. I think it's the director. You know, it's Edgar Elmer. Just, it isn't even, I uh, and even as a kid, I said, that's not Karloff's voice. But they were so concerned, people wouldn't didn't realize that checkmate meant you lost. So they had to throw that line in. Yeah. Tell listeners briefly the plot, if you can sum it up. <laughs> there, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, no one and, should even... And I heard it was based on a true story. I well, mean, I think very the, loosely. What true story? I think some... the cultist. Is the cultist character based on Aleister Crowley? The famous cultist uh, and paganist? That's a good 
point. Because I, I have I heard believe that. it is. And yeah. there were yeah. these uh, the prisons, mm-hmm. these army prisons, right. that that was based yeah. on. So there was that. It did have that element of reality that was underneath all the insanity that was going on there. So a little, a little suggestion of a subtext there. Uh, but, and again, it's uh, David Manners again, right? David Manners again. <laughs> you know? There is a scene. He's everywhere. <laughs> where, look, where they're on the train car, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. David Manners is listening to Lugosi, and I go, this acting is ahead of time, you know? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because his wife is asleep, and Lugosi sees his sleeping wife, and he almost like watches, wants to touch this young lady in a very nice way. Yeah. And he's looking at him, and he t- starts to explain how he lost his own wife and all that. And Manners is just there. He's just, just listening. listening. But it is, as you say, ahead of its time because he's not over-emoting. No. He's just there shaking his head. and It's a powerful that moment. That surprised me mm-hmm. when I saw that because it's just, he's just listening. Yeah. It's a powerful moment, too. Yes, very. And that's that's because you had Ulmer. You know, uh, he was a very interesting director. Uh, Very, very strange guy would get those moments from from the actors. Yeah, a very strange guy. From, from, the re- from the research. <laughs> and he's made some from of my favorite research, movies, too. Right, right. Man so, from Planet X oh, and all these other crazy guy pictures. From what I read. came back not to kill you, to kill your soul. Slow. <laughs> look fast for John Carradine in The Black Cat. John plays Cat. an organist. Oh, 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 oh. Very quickly. Oh, oh my God. Well, Omer right? brought the German expressionism that you're talking yeah. about with the, with the design. Um I read some very, very strange things about him. Now, if, if I am DB, you know about this, that he had an affair with the wife of an executive at Universal? <laughs> uh, that I didn't know. And he was blacklisted. Ulmer, uh, Ulmer began an affair with Shirley Castle, who would eventually become his wife. However, at the time, Castle was married to Max Alexander, a Universal <laughs> producer and the nephew of the powerful head of Universal, Carl Emley. Don't crap who where you eat. did not look uh-huh. kindly on outsiders upsetting his family. She left her husband for Ulmer, and the Ooh, ensuing wow. scandal resulted in him being blackballed by all of the major studios. That just goes to show you, you got to be careful. How about that? Mm. Now, how about this one? This is from IMDb, too. Henry Cording, who plays the brutish <laughs> that guy, kind right? of oh, yes, the yes. strange, very disturbing, yes, really disturbing yes. element is this weird <laughs> manservant, saved the life of actress Lucia Lund when he pulled her off the slab table after he found her bleeding from the mouth. According to Lund, Edgar Ulmer was a sadist who retaliated against her when she turned him down when he asked her to be his girlfriend. He left her hanging in a glass case equipped with wires while they all went to lunch. It is estimated she had been left there for an hour. Oh, now that adds. I, I, I bring this up because it adds an Whoa. element of freakishness. Yes, to this. Yeah, a little bit of to, real life horror intruding on the movie. Yeah, if it's, if this is true, we'll, either we'll, that or it could just be some juicy publicity too. Who I, knows? I know. um, anyway, well, I remember the most bullshit publicity to come out of the old movies is I forget the name of it. It was a real shitty low budget with Karloff and Lugosi. And Lugosi, they advertise, had been hypnotized by oh, this great. Oh, is, yes. that, uh, uh, is that Black, Black Friday? Friday? Yes. Yeah. And that that looked like That's such good, I like that one. bullshit. That is 
gotta be bullshit. Yeah, because like, it's, it's, like, it's like looking at the old press books where there's all this stuff. You know, it's all made up crap. Because you know, <laughs> it's supposed to be that he he uh, hypnotized them to be in a panic. <laughs> well, if he was in a panic and he was more comfortable with Hungarian. Why is he screaming out in English? If in a panic, he'd be screaming out in Hungarian. He wouldn't be they able to. They even put that scene in the trailer, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I like the, the Raven, too, by the way, the follow-up. The, the Raven the is even loopier. It's loopier. It's yes. like, it's like it's, the black cat without the artfulness, yeah. but it's got it won't, it, it, won't, it won't cause you sleepless weeks, though, like the black <laughs> and, cat. And they right. took uh, Karloff's growl. Out of Frankenstein, uh, and put it, uh, yeah, and they uh, put it uh, in the uh, Raven uh, for no reason uh, at all. Uh, so we'll move on, but we will tell our listeners once again, and we've said it a hundred times: watch the Black Cat. Yes, we love then, the Black Cat, yeah. and then email us. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to 1935, right on. I think okay. you know which one I'm going for here. Quite an important one, I would Quite say. Quite an important one, mm-hmm. and actually the highest ranking movie mm-hmm. on your in your book. Oh, yes. It came in at number five. Of you all pick- the universal horror classics, that is The Citizen Kane. It really is, yeah. and that's Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. The rare yeah. sequel that surpasses the original film. And the original was damn good. Yeah, the original was damn uh, good. But Bride of Frankenstein took things to a whole new level. You can have a, a contemporary young audience watch that movie watch the climax where they bring the bride to life the style of editing mm-hmm. it's like Star Wars you know it's so exciting so creative so fast well my theory about this is that Whale was given free reign he was given a lot of creative uh, license and he and he took it yeah and, and it all it's, it's a little bit like the inmates running the asylum in in, in, in 70s American cinema. I mean, some, right. I mean, right. it is it is crazy <laughs> the chances that he took yeah. with this yeah. thing. Yeah. And then it got that whole crazy middle section with the miniature crazy. people. Yeah. Which, oh, appa- oh, which oh, apparently yeah, the, the Barty right? is in. Oh my God! Did you know this? Uh, among the little, among the little, the little, little people, right? Come back. He took work from me. Doctor Pretorius, yes. yeah, who a great, was a great creation, just like Doctor Frankenstein, had experimented with, with creating life. But instead of creating a human-sized artificial man, he created these little people that he put in jars. And so I, that was so like disturbing. Ernest Thesinger. <laughs> yes. And I heard, you know, him likes everybody. In George Whale, uh, George uh, James Whale's pictures was gay. Yes, with yes. the exception of Carlo. Yeah, he, he was the one straight he was, guy. He was married <laughs> yeah. to, to a lady. But uh, Ernest Thesinger used to, uh, on his time off, he would knit, and and he used to refer to himself as that knitting bitch. <laughs> Where did you come up with this? I read that. So now I'm learning something. That's that amazing. Knitting bitch. So Whale Ernest was Thesinger is another yeah. great. I mean, it's the Doctor Smith of his day. When you think about oh, it, the same kind and, of guy, and, right? And then there's that part where Karloff shows up and he goes, "Friend," and he goes, "Well, I should certainly yeah, yeah. hope so." I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Have a cigar. It's he was the Doctor Smith. Yes, he was yes. the Jonathan Harris of his yes, day. Yes, wasn't he? You nailed that. So and Jonathan that. Harris was a Jew from the Bronx. <laughs> there you go. He invented <laughs> that whole there character. So and, that, and that character saved the show because the, they did the original Absolutely. pilot without Doctor Smith. Absolutely. And it was rejected. They said you got to you got to have some conflict in here. Yes. So they brought him in. So Whale wanted no part of a sequel to Frankenstein. 
from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, you could understand why they were afraid because that kind of thing could go off the rails very, very easily. Instead, they wound up with certainly one of the greatest horror movies of all. Some people would say it's the best. It's sure. certainly in the top five. I'm reading that Uncle Carl was on vacation in Europe and he wasn't. He basically, <laughs> what basically wasn't watching what Whale was doing. And they... And Whale basically had creative freedom. What What's amazing that they got away with, got away with a was lot. the sacrilegious that too. things. That too. So many. There's statues of yeah. Christ yes. comparing yeah. the monster to Christ. Well, absolutely. Because, so. because the yeah, the monster was an outsider being persecuted. Uh, now, do you, I don't know if you know, but uh, uh, originally, Karloff didn't want the monster to speak. He yes, was really yeah, against yeah, that. that. Yeah. And and that was Whale's idea, you know. And then all there was it's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock not wanting music in the shower sequence of Psycho. He eventually realized, no, that really did make it yeah. into something. And the monster talking brought a whole new level to the character. Uh and Karloff finally said, Yeah, yeah, that really did make and a difference. And then in in Son of Frankenstein, he already forgot how to talk. Right, he's mute again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never made any sense to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what the prototype of the, what the monster was going to be when Glenn Strange right, eventually right, right. took it. Just kind of a just big a robot. automaton kind of, a, kind of a thing. Well, Sarah did a DVD commentary. I, I guess it's on one of the Blu-rays. And oh, she said that, mm-hmm. that time has proven her father wrong. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, that, I remember that, her that, saying that. Yeah, yes. that he made it work oh, w- yeah. when, he, when he spoke. I'm sure that Karloff himself, when he after he gave that performance, probably like, like what Hitchcock said, incorrect suggestion. He realized that what he was saying, no, let's not do it, was wrong, and speaking was right for the monster. It's a very kinky movie in ways. It's, it's yeah. similar to the Black Cat because it's it's really it's kind of an outlier. Here's my question to you guys on it: uh, when he when the monster kidnaps Elizabeth, okay. I think of you know Madeline Kahn, but no, this is the original yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. Uh, and he brings her to that cave and he throws her down, whatever. And then he, you see his hand, and he's looking at her, and he's coming down on her, just like that, like you know, and you yeah. dissolve away. Did he rape her? It's a good question. And Ooh. and for years, I you know, and if you look at that, it's and then he goes, and his hand goes down, and you dissolve to the next. Ooh. Take a look at that the next time. No one can really say for sure, but I think that's implied. Wow. What do you know about rejected storylines that they didn't go with? Some story about a circus, about Frankenstein and, <laughs> and his and his his bride running away to a, to a circus and they and the did monster, that in the, the bride. <sighs> They yeah, used that oh, the later line. version. I've never right. seen the bride. Sting. That's exactly I've never right. Never seen the bride. That's Interesting. Exactly and and right. the girl from Flashdance. Right. Jennifer that was her, Jennifer that, Beals. That, that, right, well, the right, monster right. is killed by a lion in the circus. <laughs> Have you heard this before? And there's one storyline that was rejected of Doctor Frankenstein murdering the monster with a death ray. Do you know, do there you know? were always death rays popping up in these things. <laughs> yes. in, in the in the mummy, I believe he was going to be using a death ray uh, originally. Also, the mummy. We talk about the, the the similarities between the mummy and Dracula. Uh, originally, the mummy was going to be in a coffin all day long, yeah. just like Dracula, but because sarcophagus, but it pretty much amount to the same thing. So you know, there's all these nutty ideas that they played with and sort of. But you know, getting they back were ultimately to, rejected. Getting, getting back to just the the brilliance of the Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. among other things. There's so many great things in it. The music. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Franz Wax, one yeah. of his greatest scores. And it wound up just like 
this wasn't Franz Waxman, it was a, a different composer who did The Invisible Man, but both of those scores wound up being background music for the Flash Gordon serials, which as a kid I saw before these horror movies, and all of a sudden, oh my God, I know that music. Uh, but it's powerful, powerful stuff. It's a great score, it's a great movie. On, so, just, on yeah. so many and levels. And there's that part where the monster is crying with the old, uh, old blind man, mm-hmm. and the camera goes up to a lit up a figure of Christ on the cross. There's a crucifix behind them. Yeah. And as Very that clear. scene is, is faded, it, it suddenly illuminates. Yes. And then if the whole scene is faded out, you still see the illuminated cross. Yes. Yeah, it sticks with you. And Elsa got the, the question mark treatment in that one. Because, oh, yeah, right, right, Karloff right. was already <laughs> Karloff! <laughs> and plus she played two roles because she was Mary Shelley right. in addition to That's right. playing and the bride. Good trivia. She is the only classic universal <laughs> monster to never take a life. There you go. Technically right. Technically. Right. She's only on three three minutes and of screen you know, time. You talk about you were saying some ideas they were playing with that they yeah. never used. Uh, the bride briefly was going to be dealt with in Son of Frankenstein. When he goes to the old crumbled place, there was going to be the remains of the bride or something. They finally said, you know, let's just skip that. But they were going to do a little continuity with her. Interesting. Yeah. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. A little Colin Clive trivia for you, Gilbert, since you asked Uh about him. He died two years later after the making of Bride of Frankenstein. Wow. Supposedly, again, we have to do a segment on this show called Truth or Bullshit, but (laughs) uh, his ashes sat in the basement of an L.A. funeral home for 40 years. Oh, my God. Before they were discovered and... Wow, how weird is that? How weird is that? <laughs> yeah, I heard he drank. He was old. Yeah. And he had all kinds of diseases and things. I don't even troubled, remember anymore. Man. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty picture. But you're giving me my segue since you've brought up Son of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yes, it did not make your top 100, but it's, bu- uh, as you say, um, bubbling beneath the surface. It's got to be because... It's it, under the ice. I- I'm actually annoyed at myself that I somehow didn't squeeze it into the top 100 because it's it's a very, very good movie in its own way. And you it called won- it more conventional. Oh, well, it is. Yeah. If you could look at Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. which is the one of the it's reasons... It's hard to top. Uh, yeah. we, we love that movie because of how offbeat it is. Uh, Son is a little bit more straight in every way, uh, less flaky, less funny. The, the best part of uh, that was Lugosi's performance is amazing. Yeah, one, Absolutely. One, one of, one of the there are some people did. who say incorrectly, uh, Karloff had all these different characters, and all Lugosi had was Dracula. No way. Yeah. Igor is just in its own way, it's just as good as Dracula because he's doing the exact opposite. Yes. Instead of the cultivated, sophisticated, it's this whatever he is, this kind of slimy it, kind it of... It was both <laughs> funny and eerie at the same time. And sometimes even touching. Yes. And and I guess it's in Ghost of Frankenstein where he's hoping to literally bond with the monster by going into yes. his body and his brain was going to be in there and all that. So the relationship between Igor and the monster has had some people saying, was there more going on there? <laughs> in later years, people were talking oh, about Oh, well, there was a part in the movie that Karloff and Rathbone would crack up. Uh, and that's when Lugosi says of the monster... 
He does things for me. He does things for me. And yeah. they started cracking up. Very interesting. Uh, it's, it's actually it's actually a very sinister line because yes. you know, what are those things that he would do for this creepy guy? And I hate to think they were they had a subtext that was in inferring something. Right, right. Yeah. But to me, I always just took it as this guy's a, a, a weird, wicked old guy, and he's got this monster at his disposal, and woo, which of course is what he uses him for to get even. Sure. The people. Sure. I like it. it. It's and it's it's plenty atmospheric and it's got a lot going for it. It makes but it makes me wonder what Whale would have done had he had he It was a different time. On. You're talking about the difference between nineteen thirty five and nineteen thirty-nine. And the movies were growing up. Hollywood was getting very, very straight and serious with all this stuff. Uh, Son of Frankenstein was actually going to be a technicolor movie. Yes, and uh, if you look at that film. Look at the way the monster looks. He's not in his usual dull jacket. Right, he's got, he's got the, this furry fur, outfit, which fur. was a brownish and red. I heard Karloff hated that. Well, he didn't like things that got away from the yeah. iconic look of the monster. But wasn't they he worried that, generally that the monster was going to be taken in the wrong direction, that he was just going to become a killing machine and, 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 he was right. and lose his... You know, I, 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 I mean, it, it was such a tricky part qualities. to begin with, right? And inevitably, it was so easy for it to become a parody of itself. And then he just became a big stuntman walking around, and usually the third act of those movies. Well, once it's Glenn Strange, yeah. And, it's, and, it, and then it's, Glenn it's, Strange had a, had, a, had a good face, yeah. But it's but it's they, they weren't really doing justice to the monster. They anymore. lose the sympathy and the and the magic of the character and the childlike na- yeah. qualities that, that everything that Karloff. Yeah, uh, they were going in a different direction. Uh, You know, what can one say? You know, the 40s were different than the 30s. uh, uh, Son of Frankenstein launched the second wave of universal classic horror. And when you see Lugosi in there, you see what a great stage actor he must have been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people like to say, oh, how hammy he is. But no, he's really... Making that real, yes. as weird as that character is. Ah, and we'll we'll get to this in a second, I'm sure. He's equally good in the Wolfman. Yes, as as the gypsy. Yes. It's a small part, right. and 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 and. But there he is, showing up and giving another memorable moment that we could yeah. talk about. Yeah. Well, I read that Lee was they were making the script up as they went along with Son of Frankenstein, and they were they <laughs> that they kept expanding Lugosi's part. Apparently, they were upset that Universal was lowballing him on the money. And they were trying to give him more to do. Yeah. Universal had this very little respect for Lugosi. Now, some people say, well, after all, all he can play is Dracula. Number one, that's not true. And also, excuse me, they did a lot of other movies with the Dracula character sure. and didn't use Lugosi, sure. who is Dracula, right? So Universal, be, I think, began to think of him as kind of a melodramatic kind of cornball guy from another era. Once you got into the 40s and the World War II era, John Carradine became their drag because he had more credit. He was a little bit more of a, you know, traditional uh, solid actor of that type. So Lugosi, Lugosi had to go crazy to get the part in Abner Costello meet Frankenstein. Just the way he had a campaign to do the the role originally in 31. And then when he came back in Abner and Costello, you go, 
Oh shit! This is what's been missing. That's missing. From I, li- I like Carradine, but like Len Strange, he's second. He's second string. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the only reason they even let Lugosi do it in A and C Meet Frankenstein because that was a parody. I know. So they thought, oh, this this hammy, oh, melodramatic. Oh, it's okay. a shame the way he was treated. And, and he, he almost didn't get that either. He had to go crazy to get it. And right? can you imagine? He was good in the in Abbott and Costello. Oh yeah, right, he was right. Perfect. And those lines that he's talking to to Luke Costello, you know. And, and they're doing their what the world needs is young brains and blood or whatever he's saying yeah. you know and then and then, you know Lou Costello was going thank you uh, two, two quick bits of trivia before we move off Son of Frankenstein and move to my yeah. last one and yes you're ahead of me <laughs> uh, Sarah Karloff uh, who did this show was born during production oh. she was born in November of 1938 and wow. again this could be bullshit we'll have to ask Sarah apparently I... he went to the hospital in the in the costume <laughs> Hope it's true. I heard that story. Gave half the it people, sounds like bullshit. It sounds like bullshit. Imagine those poor people. In the right. Hospital. And the, the question that of course you both know, it's his last feature. It's Karloff's last feature as the monster. But for what reason did he put the makeup on again? Oh, you mean the classic episode of Route 66? Yes. Yes, uh, Lizard's Leg and Alice. Yeah, yeah, no, that was... No messing with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they all were in it. You, you had... Uh, Janie and Laurie. I knew, right. I knew Gilbert Laurie knew it. jumped in. I mean, you know, Lugosi was gone. Well, this is him. my tragic childhood story. I would check uh, the I, every day... Route 66 to see was if on. that one would pop up. I would up. check every day if that would pop up. And the one day I don't check. Oh. Isn't that always the way it is? Yes. Jesus. By the way, he also put on the makeup for a charity softball game. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I I do believe. Or baseball. I do believe he put the makeup on again for the uh, 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 the Danny Kaye movie, uh, Walter Mitty. Yeah, but it's not. It was was a sequence that they filmed and didn't use. Not in the movie. It's not in the movie. But it would have been Technicolor that you wouldn't have seen How that, about that. that. And apparently, oh, that, here's the other you had, thing. You had to wait until no, no. Munster go home right? to see them in color. <laughs> here's, here's the other thing that drives me crazy. In real life, it, to have him look gray on screen, yeah. they painted him green. And now they always just have Frankenstein as a green monster, and it shouldn't be that way. Okay, uh, this is the best, as I understand, and this has become an issue among us people who are into this. Uh, the true correct color for the Frankenstein monster skin is that grayish color. Yes. And that is what was originally created. That's what you will always see in this Walter Mitty thing that was in Tektor. Yeah. It was the gray look again. But... Uh, when they were doing those color tests and things on Son of Frankenstein, you will see some of this footage. I believe Karloff was on the set taking home movies, and you will see that somewhat greenish look to his to his face and with the red outfit and all that. I believe they were experimenting a little since that first movie was going to be made in color, Son of Frankenstein, that first Technicolor movie. They wanted to play with his skin tone a little to make it a little more interesting. That's my my thought on it. But basically, it should be that grayish look. The reason it went green is the same reason The Incredible Hulk started out as gray in the comics. It didn't print right. It didn't look good. So they went green. Oh, it's interesting. And that jumped out at you. Also... You know, the Universal Monsters for kids of my generation and uh, in the 60s and then later in the 70s and whatever, it was the Aurora Monster model kits. Yes. Just yeah. talked and, about and, them. And, and, and the, the cover of that, James Bomb's beautiful painting for the box art, 
the monster's green, and that's what they told you to paint it. And from that point on, he just was green. Of course. <laughs> Let's talk about the Wolfman before we get, uh, out, yes. before Wonderful we get film. out of here. The, you, you would, as you say, now we're up to 41. So mm-hmm. we started at 31. It's a 10-year span. And you, as you pointed out, Universal had struck out with Werewolf of London right. in, uh, in, in 1935, despite having Warner Oland in it. Uh, and it's an interesting story too, because there are two werewolves in Werewolf of London. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's offbeat, but, but didn't quite nail Kurt it. Kurt Siodmak, who had mm-hmm. who had mm-hmm. something of a, a had a terrific career. He wrote "I Walk with a Zombie," wrote "Son of Dracula," Black very Friday, talented guy. Many other movies. Put together a script in a couple of weeks. It's an original screenplay. Uh, Cheney became a star. Mm-hmm. And I and I think the original there are traces of it in the movie that originally it's supposed to be. That you weren't supposed to know whether he actually was a werewolf. A very or not. good point. Um, you watch the movie and you listen to the dialogue and everything. It sounds like that's what they're doing, that you shouldn't really know. And meanwhile, we're seeing him. It's yes, a beautiful yeah. night. We're seeing clear as day and everything. Okay, Siad Mac later made a movie called Bride of the Gorilla. Sure, which we talked was, about it. Yes, which was that his was the vision. Wolfman. And the idea is it's only when. You see him in, in a mirror or in a pool of water from his point of view, because he's imagining that, but that's not what it's a Val Luton thing. And we're the talking funny about. thing is Lon Chaney is in that, but not yes. in the lead role. Yes. But that is what the original idea was. And that's why Val Luton made cat people. He said, Oh, this Wolfman thing, you see too much. This is how it really should be. And that was when the whole idea oh, of that's implying that. Yeah. Cat people was his answer to the Wolfman. Well, Siodmak escaped from the Nazis, yeah. oh, so he yeah. saw a and lot of himself in this story. He, and, and, well, and forced into a, it, a fate I didn't want. He said, "Right, right. yeah." Mm. And and it's like you know, even a man who's pure at heart and says his right. prayers at night. So he was exactly an honest, good guy. Mm-hmm. But he became. It shows you what anyone animal. can become, and that that has that's a great subtext. The other thing I want to say about about the Wolfman. And I didn't even get into this in the book because there's so many good things you could say about the film. But you know what that story is really about? It's a, a father and son story, and it's about what happens if you don't show your child love. It, you know, you know what? It turns I, your child into a monster you know without having think, that love. You know what I think the movie is too. Aside from that analogy of like you know, uh, like a Jew. And it's like, it was the thing of, like, it was thrust on him. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. became, I also think it's almost like a, a, a biography of Lon Chaney Jr. Exact, take the words right, because I was about to say, wow, in real life, his own father was a cold fish with Sim- him. Yes. And, and if you look at that movie, it's almost about Lon Chaney Jr.'s relationship with his real dad. Yes. Key moment in the movie, at the end of the picture, when he's got him strapped to the chair at the end. Yes. And he says, but dad, aren't you going to stay here with me to help me through this seizure? I'm gonna, gonna, oh, no, I have to go help the villagers. Yes. That was it. God damn it. Stay with your son. He yes. needs you. He wouldn't have changed if he had stayed. Yes. Hammer picked that up in Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed, yeah. where the girl he loves stays with him, like that and one. he doesn't change. Yeah, I like that Because the, the power of love was able to, to stop that that transformation. Okay, Gilbert. No one will appreciate this more than Gary. Tell him your, your universal monster oh, okay. psychological theory. Um, <laughs> uh, Frankenstein... Is is a baby, 
Uh, he's all he he's confused. He just wants to be loved and accepted. Everything he's just been thrown into this life. Uh, the Wolfman is adolescence. Your body, your voice, mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. is changing, and you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Dracula is what every guy wants to be. <laughs> you want to control women. Right. right you right, want right, to be right. charming. Every- and and the, keep and going. The, the mummy the, is how we wind the, up. The, the mummy is yes. old age. But 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 wow! L- I never thought of, of Universal Monsters takes you through. He's all profound. The this guy that's just no, yeah. that's great. That's great. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I, I, I particularly like that Wolfman and the adolescence and the changes. Well, that you I don't, mean, they made I was a teenage uh, werewolf. Well, right, I mean, that actually literally and, and Teen Wolf. I mean, and they also did. <laughs> yeah, right, they also really did it as a comedy. Kind of nailed that, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a deep thinker. But you want to know something? If it's These, stuff you don't need to know about. <laughs> but, but, but here's the stuff. All very funny and everything, but these movies were so good, they stimulate thoughts like that. You know? And yeah, it's they interesting. Are wonderful. And, and the actors kind of knew. I mean, Karloff knew he was doing an innocent gems. thrust into this crazy and, world. And I think Kurt Siadamak, because it was supposed to be an identical story. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, here this guy had this fate thrust on him. And with Siadamak, you know, his life changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I heard that he used to go out, he had a big garden, and he would go out every morning and so yell out, thank you, Hitler. <laughs> oh, wow. Yikes. Wow, wow, Whoa. wow. Tell, tell people where they can get the books. Now, this is one of four that you did in a series. Uh, yeah, yeah, that fantastic uh, press uh, uh, group there. It's The first one was the top 100 horror movies. The second one was the top 100 uh, sci- sci-fi movies. The third is the top 100 fantasy movies. And then the last one was the top 100 comic book movies, which was dated the minute it came out, right. obviously. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, but yeah, spinning I, I, those out. For years and years, it would always be uh, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy with sure. the three aspects of fantastic cinema. Now we have to include comic book fantasy because it's uh, it looms so large. And people can get these books on Amazon. Oh, yeah. You they can, can get your wonderful and... Bible, which we've plugged before, fantastic uh, television. Yeah, that's still out there. Which is still out and there. And then there's still the original Bible. <laughs> well, <laughs> Okay. Still get that Which too. is good too. Yeah. <laughs> There's some. Hey, listen in the, in the. I was once I actually tried to sell a, a a series called the Greatest Horror Stories of the Bible because there's possession wow. stories, there are monster stories. It's true. Yes. <laughs> Gary, this is fun. This is the perfect oh, the, the perfect wonderful. the perfect Halloween great. show. We thank you. I feel like I'm with my old friends just hanging out. Yeah. You know, and we'll come back terrific. and we'll do something else. I made another list, by the way. We'll do it for another show of of more obscure Universal horror films. <laughs> Listen, we could go on and forever. We could go on and on forever. And we haven't even gotten to the 50s. That's, yes, uh, Gary uh, brought us a, a very old issue of the Monster Times. What is the year on that? God, this was about 72. It was so, my first professional writing. Fantastic. I started my career as a writer. Uh, by being the creature from the Black Lagoon in an article that was an autobiographical article. So I actually got to be one of my favorite Universal monsters, and that's what started my writing career. Hey, Rico Browning's still around. Yeah. Think he'd be up for an interview? Wow, that would be cool. <laughs> ben right. Chapman, who's the other actor, yeah. has, has left us now. Yes, he Because he played the, the creature on land, recorded right, the whole right. swimming. And the, right. the actress, the leading Julie lady, Adams. Julie Adams. We just, just lost yeah, We missed that. That was yeah. an opportunity missed. I believe Laurie Nelson is still around. She was the leading lady in Revenge of the Creature. Give us a list. 
We got to get these people on the show. Sure. Gilbert loves this okay. stuff. Yes. As you, oh, as you, I, I, I couldn't tell. Could as I? you can see. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> Halloween show. Thanks, Gare. Hey, listen. I'm in town, yeah. and may, why not? Why don't I just we stop love, by we and, love having and, and you do here. this stuff? And we, I'm Gilbert Godfrey. But you're right. You're, you're mentioning you got you to do a Val Luton show. We will. This is, you know, all this other stuff. We will. I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and I've been sitting here with my co-host, Frank Fonteau-Baudry. And this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal obsessions. Not bad. Uh-huh. Damn good. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> my pleasure. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Same to you. 